0: This next workforce is like nice. Not only do they have a great flexible, uh, you know, work from everywhere policy, but the digital experience rating is is really high.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show, the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about the crazy shift going on all around us and explore the disruptive convergence of technology, business, and people. Here are your hosts, Ira Wolf and Jason Cochran.
2: Hey, welcome back, Googleization Nation. Uh, we got a special edition today of the Geek, Skeezers, and Googleization show, a show from the People Forward Network. My name is Ira Wolf.
3: And I'm Jason Cochran. Thank you for being here, and welcome to all of our first time listeners. If you think Geek, Skeezers, Googleization is just another live stream and podcast, think again. We're the heart and soul of crucial conversations focused on helping you reimagine your tomorrow and exploring the convergence of technology, people, and work.
2: Googleization Nation, you're in for a real treat today. Just a few weeks ago, I was introduced to a soon-to-be-released workplace report called The Everywhere Workplace. The timing couldn't be better as the worst of the pandemic finally seems to be falling behind us. I doubt anyone listening today will be surprised to learn that the long-anticipated return to work, return to normal, has been anything but predictable, adequate, or normal. In fact, for anyone who listens to me or follows me, you've probably heard me refer to our future as never normal. It's a term I coined during the pandemic in in deference to the new normal, the next normal, future next, is I don't think that our future is going to ever be what we considered normal in the past. And it seems to be resonating. Just yesterday, I got four alerts, Google alerts, that people were talking about never normal. If you agree and you're watching on LinkedIn or YouTube, please give us a like. Uh, Let us know your comments. Do you agree that never normal is where our future will be. But the return to work, which is what we're going to be talking about today, seems to fit this never normal theme. It makes today's conversation exciting, fascinating, and for some of you, probably pretty terrifying, especially if you're an employer. So, Jason, if it's okay with you, I think we're going to dispense with our usual opening geek, skeezers, and Googleization banter. And we're gonna jump into our interview with our guests, Jeff Abbott, CEO of Ivanti, and David Shepard, who's the global VP. Let me see if I can pull these together here and bring them back in and welcome gentlemen. Welcome
0: Jeff and David. Thanks Ira, thanks Jason, great to be here.
2: Yeah,
3: let's dive in and and Jeff, let's start with you first. Can you tell our listeners what Ivanti does? And then um, a little bit about you and who you are.
0: Sure. Thanks, Jason. I'm the CEO of Avanti as of October 2021. And Avanti as a company, we're squarely in the IT solution space. So any company that has an IT department, we provide software to enable that department to do its job. Kind of three pillars, the, the security of the network and employees coming on and off the network. Two, device management, or what we call endpoint management. All the devices that employees bring to the table, whether it's a mobile device or a laptop or an iPad, whatever it might be, we provide the endpoint management. And then three, service management. So the way to think of it is we provide solutions to manage all the devices, the onboarding and offboarding of those devices onto the network, and the, the service and security of all those devices. And as you might expect on today's topic, Jason, with you know the everywhere workplace, in the last two years, we've been busy. Right? A lot of companies taking all their employees you know, out into the everywhere workplace and having to manage remotely, uh, our solutions have become kind of at the forefront of what companies need to keep their, their devices and their people secure. David, you and I met
2: the, just about two weeks ago. We, we, well, I was in New York. You we were in the UK. We were doing the launch of this report. This report seems to scream uh, disruption in a lot of ways uh, when we talk about what organizations are facing, uh, what work's going to look like, what jobs are going to look like. And the report sort of is an, I won't say an understatement, I think how people are addressing this is an understatement. Can you give us a little background on the Everywhere Workplace report and what you found as the most significant finding?
1: Yeah, it's a couple of things. Look, first of all, it's a great time to be doing this, right? We're coming off the back of a seismic shift in how we worked. I don't think if we asked any of us two years ago, we'd think we'd be in this position now. So it's a great time to go out. We surveyed approximately 6,000 people both in the workforce but also as IT professionals just to get a view of how they what they had been doing and also what the the everywhere workplace actually means to them and I mean some of the the stats that came back were were very surprising for example 71% indicated that they would rather work from anywhere than potentially take a promotion actually within that as well maybe more eye opening 64% said they would potentially be prepared to take Take a pay cut to actually give themselves flexibility and and the ability to work from everywhere as well. You know, and then on the flip of that, and I think this this echoes some of the reverse of those stats. Only thirteen percent of those canvas said that they would actually want to go back to work into an office full time. And then bringing it together, really, forty four percent talked about the desire for hybrid flexible working. And, and I think. That as eye open as the bigger stats are, that's also an important stat as well because that's a big, you know, portion of the, the the survey population as well.
3: And Jeff, when you saw the results of the report coming in, what were some of your first thoughts that came to mind?
0: Yeah, Jason, I you know I think first of all, this is not our fathers and mothers and grandparents' workforce anymore, right? Uh, nine to five in the office is over. You know, if you if you kind of take the summary of the the data David shared. 80% of the workforce is saying, no, you know, you know, I consider this more important than promotion, more important than pay raise and the employee, you know, the workforce in general is saying, I get more value out of being remote. And, and therefore I can afford to, to take the pay hit or the, you know, pass up the promotion. And interestingly, if you, if you talk to some of the surveyees, they say, listen, I can take a 20 minute break and, and run to the market or get the dry cleaning, or take care of a pet. That's so much more valuable to me than being pulled back into the office. And if you look at some of the larger, more recognized companies in the world, last summer when we thought we were on the downslide of the pandemic, they were requiring employees to come back and they lost a lot of talent in doing so. People voted with their feet and left. I think that the most important conclusion here is we're in a new era of workforce. And it is not going back to what it's been for the past hundred years. Let me
2: interject something there, Jeff, because, and this, maybe I should direct this to David, because this study came from the UK. There was a a study that was just released. I saw it on LinkedIn through the thread last week. And they said that 66% of managers, and there was, I think, 400 or so that were surveyed in the UK, said that they believe that work remote work initiatives would be pulled back what would be your response to them based on what you found in in the uh, everywhere workplace
1: yeah interesting that i mean remote work anywhere The the survey clearly shows it's here to stay i mean if you delve into the report 24 percent of people actually said that they would consider working elsewhere if remote was pulled so you know Probably be a handy time for me to pass over to Jeff in a minute. The remote initiatives should be growing and not decreasing at this point. You know that again quarter quarter of all those responded said, look, if I'm told where I'm going to work from, I'm going to go elsewhere. So again, yeah, I'd like I'd like to see that those stats in more detail, but surprising, right? At the same time,
0: I'd I'd say, Ira, that those managers are deluding themselves. I just you know if they believe that they're going to be able to control their workforce, the data clearly says they're not. And look, you combine the the conclusions of this study with the dynamics of what we're calling in the US anyway, the great resignation, right? Employees are, again, are voting with their feet. They're deciding what's best for them. I, I kind of look at this as if you all uh, recall the the shift in the, in the 90s and the early 2000s from a consumer standpoint, consumers took over control of their choice, right? Size, color, style became something that they demanded they get. From their retailers however they liked it not what the retailers would provide but what they wanted consumers kind of took the power same thing's happening in the workforce the individual worker is saying i'm going to decide where and how i work and in fact some of the conclusions from the studies show that this next generation of workforce is even basing their decisions on their career based on the the everywhere workplace policy of the potential employers so before they even accept the role they want to know you know is it my choice can I work from home? Can I come into the office sometimes? You know, can I hotel, so to speak, here and there? And there's even this notion of digital nomads, those that can do their work from a from a laptop or a device, are saying, "Well, I'm going to live six months here and then maybe a year here and so on." So they want literally no anchors. And I think employers who think that they they're going to pull back on with the remote workforce are going to find themselves in empty conference rooms.
3: And Jeff, when I when I was going through the report. The one word that just kept ringing in my head was freedom. And that's what I shared with Ira was this is people about wanting to take control over their lives. That aspect that used to be the hamster wheel of the nine to five that you referenced, they got a taste of some freedom that they have and to now expect them to put that back in the box and, hey, why don't you come back in and do things the way they were? That just goes against human nature. In psychology, we call it psychological reactance, which is people don't like being told what to do. And now that they got that taste of freedom, like you alluded to, they'll walk and vote with their feet and find someplace that will continue to give them that taste of freedom that they're looking for.
0: I think that's exactly right. And if you look historically, on average, it was only 5% of the total workforce pre-pandemic that was considered fully remote. Now we're looking at 80% plus. It's just a gigantic shift. And, you know, Ira, Jason, what's important to to David and I is that our company can enable this for, for organizations. We enable the everywhere workplace. It's what our solutions do. So we're, you know, we're kind of anxious to get the word out on this because companies need to start preparing right now to make sure that they're keeping their networks secure, their devices secure, and their employees are able to, you know, onboard and offboard new devices all the time, however, you know, they want. With freedom and with kind of liquidity on the network and so on, but for IT leaders that haven't yet thought about this, one of the biggest concerns is cybersecurity, right? And and you know if, if you're t- kind of turning a blind eye to enabling the everywhere workplace and not thinking about the security implications, you're in a bad place. You know this has to be at the forefront of how you're preparing for this new workplace reality. Can can you dig into that just a little bit more? Because I.
2: I was geeking out about this report. I mean, there was just so much in there. But the part that I didn't consider before, and, and and part of that is because I didn't hear anybody else talking about it, because it's like HR, management, and then IT. It's IT, come and fix our computers, do this thing. Yep. The, the consequences of, of bringing people back to work on in hybrid, and maybe this is the reason people are saying everybody comes back full time which isn't just going to work because the, the labor market's just not going to put up with that. But with everybody coming back in, as everybody passes through that front door, I'm carrying my smartphone, I'm carrying my tablet, I'm carrying my laptop. My kids were using it. I just was down the coffee shop. I was on vacation. Who knows you know, whether we had VPNs or if it was protected. And we're walking through that door and plugging into the corporate network. Talk about that a little bit, because again, it seems that people are just—that's not even consideration of when, hey, when we bring people back to work, what do we need to do differently?
0: Yeah, yeah, no question. I'll make a few comments, and I'll ask David to comment as well. Look, it it is often overwhelming for companies when they realize uh, the kind of the the digital on and off of their network that's occurring, and the number of devices, and then take into account for a second some industries where. IoT, Internet of Things enabled devices are also now on their networks. In fact, funny story: we have a, we have a customer that we helped enable endpoint management, which does all this discovery and risk assessment and management of the devices on their network. And they called after being implemented for a month or two and said, "We have sixty devices. We have no idea what they are." Now, this happened to be a company that managed ships, and apparently, in the galley of their ships, the the chefs had had bought IoT enabled toasters. Right. So that they could turn them on and warm them up before they got into the galley. 60 toasters that, that are on their network. Now, you take that as an example. OK, low risk. It was funny for a second and then it wasn't funny. Right. Because those are devices that could potentially be penetrated. You know, if they have an IP address and they're on the network, they're an access point. So to your point, Ira, it, it is fascinating and daunting when you take into account the, the amount of edge computing that goes on these days, edge meaning not central computing power to a corporation, but all the devices around the network and it becomes extremely complex. David?
1: yes, yeah, so uh, visibility key and the from the employee side, experience whether you're in an office or out of the office should be identical. IT, yeah, it can drive us crazy because we need to be able to facilitate that. The one piece that, comes with visibility as well that really helps in his context. Understanding where the device is, what the device has been used for, what the device has interacted with. And when I say device, I also mean the user as well. So Ira, your example of yeah, it might have been passed through the family. Hopefully not, because it is a corporate device at the end of the day. But just understanding that context, and that allows us also to tailor the experience as well. Have I been on a public Wi-Fi network? Have I been on private networks? I've been on the home network, and just that visibility, that context starts to allow businesses to make, to make smart decisions, to manage the user the same as if they're in or out of the network. It, sh- it shouldn't be in or out of the network. Bad example, it should be the network. And that network is facilitating work wherever you are.
2: I just want to remind everybody you're listening to a special episode of Geek Skeezers Googleization. We're here with the CEO of Ivanti, Jeff Abbott, and the global VP, David Shepard. We're talking about the new workplace report, the new everywhere workplace report, hopefully people are walking into the, are not allowing their families to use their corporate, their company owned devices, maybe. But a lot of the challenges last year were when everybody was sent home, people were left to their own devices. They had to upgrade. They have their own PC. They may not have. Maybe they have a secure network. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't even know how to do it. They have all their mobile devices. It's two years, so people have upgraded phones, and and not every company provided company assets, right? You know, to them. So they may be bringing their own assets yep. back to work, and even even if they have a PC or a laptop or even a tablet, it may not be a company owned smartphone,
0: you know, no question, yeah. especially for frontline workers. Yeah. yeah. And, and look, that, that puts the, the onus on the IT department and the CIO's staff to, to assess the risk, right. And to understand what's required, whether it's two-step authentication, zero trust access, VPN, all of the tools that, you know, the conventional tools and, and contemporary tools that put you in the best place to keep your, your network safe and your devices secure. One of the tools we recently acquired as a company is called RiskSense. And this is a tool that we essentially, for newer customers, so first thing we, we push them towards, RiskSense is a tool that essentially goes onto the network and kind of, well, it crawls around and looks for, for you know your most vulnerable points, whether it's remote digital computing points, the IoT devices, the central network, whatever it may be, RiskSense comes back with a report and shows you kind of red, yellow, green, where you have challenges or where you're unprotected. Right. And then the next step of the process is to, you know, patch, which is essentially the remediation. Patching means you are getting all of those devices up to a minimum security standard that the company sets. You've been asked to reboot your device or your laptop and so on. That's a patching process where it's making sure all of your security standards are up to up to snuff. So you're right, Ira, with with you know the last two years and the complexity of getting everybody back in, in a productive stance incredible amount of new devices and, and you know, sort of previously dangerously low, low security, low access devices came onto the network and had to be assessed up to corporate standards. And that's not going to change. In fact, that's going to accelerate with the everywhere workplace. More and more people are going to expect a BYOD situation, bring your own device to work, which is fine. and can be very effective. It allows for a lot of autonomy of your workforce, but it has to be secure. And that's what we work on with our customers. It sounds like I, I need Ivanti to come into my house <laughs> <laughs> about
2: every, you know, all day long, I'm seeing devices joining my network. Anytime the kids or grandkids or neighbors or, you know, anybody comes in, everybody seems to, to be joining all the time. I don't know if you have a consumer edition of that, or you're planning that, but that,
0: that might be a good thing. Something to, something to think about for sure. <laughs> I'll say this though. There are stories out there of, 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 you know, cyber terror and, and criminals now penetrating households and, no, and putting right. ransoms on households versus businesses. Now the you know the ransoms are far smaller amounts, but I am hearing and reading about that, you know, the, the cyber bad actors are, are spreading right quickly and, and now getting to your point into our home networks and deciding, well, I can just shut everything down and get a, a five thousand dollar check before I turn them loose. It's it's not It's not uncommon to hear about that these these
2: days. We we warned everybody. This will be fascinating and terrifying. (laughs) Uh, We are live, and we do have a comment. I'm going to post it up here from Colleen. Good to see you, Colleen. Colleen's worked with workforce development for years, and uh, she asks, is is this a revolution since employees have gotten rid of unions, provide 401ks instead of pensions, not providing health insurance? Is this freedom? It is freedom, but is it also a wake-up call to the owners? that the masses can find ways to get what they want. I think that pretty much sums it up.
0: I think uh, Colleen has a point, I yeah. think she does. And this was what I meant by the, the power shifting, right? And look, it's the combination of the two things that are occurring, the everywhere workplace and the great resignation. People are, are saying, hey, I'm gonna you know take a hard look around. Our, the study showed, as you know, Ira, that 24% of the respondents had changed jobs in the last 12 months and another 27% were considering it. So half the workforce has either changed Or is considering it and to colleen's point they know that they can you know approach potential employers with a whole different you know call it leverage right ability to define kind of how they want to work and where they want to work even kind of the style devices and digital experience they expect we're now having the engineer into our platform what we call the digital experience platform this means that we have uh, tools that will now measure the satisfaction of individual employees on the network, right? Is it a good experience? Do I get good service levels? Am I, uh, do I like the tools and the software I'm able to use to do my job? And then it can roll that data up to a department level and a company level With, here, here's the point. The workforce is saying, I'm gonna start measuring my opportunities based on the digital experiences, as much as the paycheck, uh, the work from home policy, all of this is now an indication of what Colleen is saying. There's a general power shift in the workforce. And if you, I'm just, you know, all those who are in, uh, you know, boss positions out there, if you ignore this, you're going to be in a bad place. This is something we all have to be conscious of as, the, as things evolve and continue.
1: All I was just going to add was, look, productivity's up. That That's not being discussed. Employee productivity is up. So businesses are benefiting from it as well. So Yes, the employees have more power to maybe dictate where they want to work from. But as as an employer, you're getting more productivity out out of a happy employee.
3: And Jeff, you mentioned the word experience there, and it makes me think about employee experience. So much of what we're talking about is about the employee experience. Can you tell us, were there some things that came out of your report here about the role and importance of employee experience in the Everywhere Workplace that either confirmed things you already thought or maybe were a surprise to you
0: yeah well you know again to the point about the experience platform the reason you have to start measuring it is because employees are demanding it you know they're they're more or less saying listen i I need to have an understanding of how easy and seamless and user friendly is it to get on and off the network to bring new devices on and off the network to do my work when i'm on the network and, and my expectation of my employer is that they care about my experience, that it, it shouldn't be too arduous, it should be pleasurable, right? Now, when was, you know, you think about the four of us early in our careers, when was, do we remember a time when our boss or our management asked us, hey, are you having a good digital experience today? No, <laughs> right? Didn't happen. It's a new era. And the reason, you know, we're actually, Jason, we're providing benchmarking data in this platform as well, more or less. So an IT leader can see how does our digital experience score across all of our employees compared to peers in my industry, right? So that you can brag into the marketplace, we're rated as an A-plus player from a digital experience standpoint. Again, you and I would be cross-eyed looking at that. This next workforce is like, nice. Not only do they have a great flexible, uh, you know, work from everywhere policy, but the digital experience rating is, is really high, right? So that's where it's coming into play is... The tool sets, the experience, all of it is part of the decision criteria of this next generation workforce. And that
2: brings up such an important point for anybody who's read anything about me, follows me on LinkedIn, heard me speak, read my book. You know, I've, I've talked about, primarily it was focused on the candidate experience. And there was an acronym, and I, and I give credit to Debbie Levitt. And she came up with this acronym of, of FCDD. And for short, it's f Up. Um, The candidate experience, employee experience, and it stands for frustrating, confusing, disappointing or distracting. Those are the four elements. And ultimately, what I hear you saying is that we employers now need to remove frustration, confusion, disappointment and distraction. When I share that with you, and I think that may be the first time you've heard that, is there anything that comes to mind of if, if here's the first Thing that a company can do to remove one of those four elements: frustration, confusion, disappointment, or distraction. David, that's
1: a great a great question. I think it's um, remove complexity is is the first way of of solving frustration. Right, take complexity out. We've talked about one network connecting from anywhere. If if as an organization we can provide a level of service to our employees that is simple and effective, then we we remove frustration straight away. And then providing flexibility into a role, you know, time-saving on commuting, for example, take that back so um, an employee can work from anywhere. They they immediately save time, they get a better work-life balance. Actually, they're saving money, right? All those little factors there remove, I can't remember the complete acronym there, um, Ira, but, but some of the Fs immediately get removed from that point. And But it, it does come back to take out take out complexity, and we take out frustration. And I'd say, you know, one of the first things
0: to do, Ira, is again measure. Just start measuring where you stand on that that very bad scale you described, right? You, I mean, the first step in in addressing any issue is is measuring how bad it is, right? And where you go from there, to David's point. Well,
2: and I think that the jury's in because people are not applying to companies. Again, when we focus on the candidate experience, and this is all, this is, has to do with the digital experience, not necessarily, well, it does have to do with what you do because people are applying online. The, you know, some the average is that 50% of of, of candidates who start an application don't complete it because it's too complicated, it's too frustrating, is or they don't apply because it takes too long and the disappointment to get a response from the company, sometimes it just goes into cyberspace, the ethernet. Uh, and you've addressed that. I mean, you've addressed that of, of part of the solution, part of this employee experience is even if I'm sitting at my desk and I have a problem or I have a question or, or even how many vacation days do I have? How quickly a response, how quick of a response can I get?
0: Yeah. 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 No question. And that's a huge part of it. You know, one of the things we're doing as a company, is is you know trying to anticipate the needs of newly onboarded employees. We just did four acquisitions, big acquisitions last year. Plus, we've had a fair amount of a turnover, like every company in this everywhere workplace, and and you know the Great Resignation. So we've been rethinking every new employee's experience coming into the company. We actually created inside of our intranet uh, the Avanti Everywhere Workplace homepage. And it essentially, to your point, Ivor, tries to think, what, what are the, going to be the most typical questions people want to they have, whether it's benefit-related, work-related, or even kind of what the company's mission and core values are, right? A lot of times, and that's, that's an interesting aspect of the study, too. You take the digital experience and everything we're doing to prepare and enable the everywhere workplace. The other thing the respondents are saying is, I want to know that we're connected to something that's positive in the world you know the the kind of the mission and core values of the company need to align as well so to your point we're trying to make it a very seamless experience and kind of self-serving as much as possible find what you're looking for pages on our own intranets or our own employees can very quickly have they have a source where they can find what they want to know right and that takes curation you have to have people that are watching it all the time and updating it the minute it's stale and out of date they won't go back right so enabling the everywhere workplace is just as much about Thinking of the employee experience, kind of like what you know, Disney does with their theme parks. They engineer the experience. We, we have to do the same thing from a, from a conventional company perspective and a digital perspective. We actually have another comment, and this, this
2: tees it up. And we sort of talked about this, but maybe we need to reinforce this from Keenan. Uh, hey, thanks, Keenan, for joining us and asking the question. He talked about a lot of companies have accepted hybrid work. I mean, they've realized that's gonna, that's gonna be part of that company people are going to work two days in the office or three days in the office, two days from home back and forth. You know, is this something you guys have taken into consideration? Yeah, no question.
0: And in fact, Keenan, I can, I I can identify with your point. We as a company in the beginning of the pandemic, every two or three months, we'd say, okay, here's the plan. You know, we're going to allow for half the office to come in on Tuesdays and Thursdays and the other half to come in on Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays as a flex day. And three months later, we'd say, and oh, by the way, we're going to put in a hoteling system where you log in and you pick the office or or the workspace you want, and we'll make sure it's ready when you get there. And then after a year and a half, when this, you know, kind of the conclusions of this study became firm, which is you got to give the employees full freedom of choice. You you don't have to structure policies to try and escort the herd one direction or another. Just allow for them to choose. To Keenan's point, though, it still comes with You know, a burden on the on the leadership of the company to figure out how do we enable for the departments that do want to have people come in a couple of days a week because collaboration, we all know, is important in some departments. Our own engineering department, the folks that actually write and code the software, they need to interact. They need to get in conference rooms here and there. So the local offices are making decisions wherever they are in the world on how that's going to work and enabling it. But yes, we are engineering into our software, the flexibility to allow for that very, you know, hybrid work environment. And you have to, right? Luckily for us, a lot of that was already engineered into the product, so it has the flexibility to do that. But, you know, more and more, it's gonna be, I think, for companies, department by part department, office by office decision that they
1: have to enable. Yeah, I think uh, just on that, it's, uh, you talk about it in the report, it's not one size fits all anymore. and. Even the two days here, three days here, it is—it's what the employee chooses an experience, and how we, as an employee, that a pl- employer, try and facilitate that experience with understanding the right context of, of, of the
2: employee. Hey David, we said that we were in sync after our our kind of couple hours together a couple of weeks ago, uh, and you just read my mind. You just pulled the question: the one size fits all. There was a significant difference in with gender, men and women. And also difference in outlook of, of the future of work from millennials and Gen Z versus Baymer, Boomers and Gen X. Can you address the differences that you found?
1: Yeah. So there were some on the gender divide, there were some interesting, there were some interesting statistics that came through. So more, more women, more people that recognize themselves as female did did report more negative effects of working. Let's say we we're working remotely all the time. And and, and it talks about it in the report, but three times from the female side, three times that a female is three times more likely to be the primary child care giver at home, which which does stimulate sometimes the second syndrome when children come in from school or there's homeschooling. There is extra functions to, to be done at home. And so, yes, sometimes you do need to divide between especially working from home and also then providing childcare and family care. So that can create negativity. However, we do read in the report as well that, you know, and it is called out on the female side that that there are some huge benefits with the flexibility of work schedules, the ability then to approach childcare in a different way. Interestingly, men saw it slightly different reporting negative effects that around maybe promotion or career development time face-to-face with their bosses was called out. So yes, we've talked about a lot of positives, but there's definitely a call out in the report around, I think Jeff just mentioned it a minute ago, lack of interaction with colleagues or bosses or management in a face-to-face way is still something that people consider important.
2: Jeff, any, any additional comments on that or anything?
0: Yeah, no, I, I echo what David said. I, I look the I think the study you know during the the heat of the pandemic over the past two years, women definitely were you know in a not as advantageous a place, right? Because in fact, I know a lot of of working women and mothers who also began homeschooling at that point, right? Because schools weren't open. Now the data is conclusive though. Since schools have reopened, or for the most part reopened, women are thrilled with the thought of the everywhere workplace, right? Because now kids are back at school, child gets covered, and I have all this flexibility to get everything else done that, that, that's um, you know, on my shoulders as a working mom. So I think, you know again, there is a gender divide in terms of the, the everywhere workplace experience, but all agree that they'd rather have the flexibility and defy, decide for themselves.
2: And I think that's a really important point, and I'm glad you, you brought that up, because although 70% of the women, according in came out in the report, had a negative experience with remote work, they were still, the majority were still in favor of it. They yeah. still wanted to move toward that. They just wanted a better experience, which yeah. fits back into a, our conversation that we had before. In the report, I, I think sort of a summary, I don't know if it was intended as that, is you came up with a couple different archetypes, and it fits into that four different personas that, you know, people will fit in. And you talked before about, and I thought this was fascinating. And and again, it predominates in the, with the millennials and maybe even more so with Gen Z is that they want to work from anywhere. I mean, this isn't, this isn't the every, this is literally the everywhere workplace. They want to work from
0: anywhere. Right. Yeah. That, that digital nomad, right. Which I think has just become a reality here during the pandemic. We want people, look, I think the world was very concerned at this time, two years ago, if, to David's point a little a little while ago, productivity would be maintained, if 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 the workforce could continue to get everything done. Now, if you're a heavy manufacturer, you have to have people, you know, in in the factory building and so on. But for largely for the professional services, you know, part of the economy, we proved it. The world proved it. Yes, we could maintain productivity. In fact, to David's point increased productivity with the flexibility. So it's kind of You know, all right, check that box. Well, then in that case, Mr. or Mrs. Employer, I don't necessarily want to anchor myself to a city or a location. I'm going to be more transient than that, but I commit to you, I will get my work done. So therefore I'm going to maybe live in Vienna for six months. And then maybe I'm going to move to Texas for a year. And then, and this, you know, this, again, this next generation workforce is thinking about it very differently. It's funny, I have two kids in in college right now. And my son, my son says, dad, with all due respect, I don't want to do what you do. I don't want to, you know, be on the laptop for six, seven hours a day. Or if I if I'm going to do that in my in my career, dad, I'd like to at least see the world or see different parts of the world and move around. And that's this digital nomad concept. And I'm like, hey, man, go for it. I think that's an incredible opportunity. And you know, to Colleen's point a while ago about the deunionization, well, there's a kind of a subtle reunionization of this next workforce in the way they think, right? And it's all about flexibility. Uh, their own desires to, to define how they, you know, are culturally going to interact with the world and the workforce and, and just, you know, take advantage of, of the world being a global economy and being able to, you know, interact with just about any company from a, a productivity perspective from anywhere on the planet. It's a fascinating time for this next workforce.
3: And Jeff, it makes me think also of Web3, It makes me think of blockchain technology it makes me think of decentralized autonomous organizations or daos as many people might read about and that those were things probably six months to a year ago most of us weren't thinking about but now as we're hearing more about crypto being one of the verticals where this is playing out decentralized finance first i'm kind of putting you on the spot here but if you were to pull out your crystal balls jeff you and david how do you see that aspect playing into this everywhere workplace over the next few years
0: yeah i think it's fascinating to consider jason i really do and i'll ask david to comment as well look i think i look at it with a very optimistic eye i do i think we're going to to see skills get developed in a very good way across industries with these autonomous organizations because the skill set is largely the same across various industries so we're all going to enjoy kind of this post Collegiate education system of improving skills with these autonomous organizations and therefore the workforce is going to be generally better and better enabled for whatever job. So one thing we have to get used to as employers and, and anybody who who's out there right now doing any hiring, if they look at a resume and they see more than a two or three year stint, that's a veteran, right? Somebody, you know, my father was 40 years with General Motors, right? And he couldn't believe it when I left my job after five years early in my career for something better, right? Well, now, you know five years are you kidding me that's a lifetime right so this workforce is saying look i have skills to transfer just about any industry depending on you know which which area i work in so i'm going to take advantage and i'm going to see a lot of different industries i don't feel like i have to you know blaze a trail at one organization i can grow by making moves and i you know as long as i think the skills continue to increase i think it's a good thing for all of us david
1: yeah and just flip that actually again on the autonomy piece providing the services for the digital nomad for the for the new generation coming through you're not going to be able to do it without autonomy whether that's an element of the blockchain technology IT organizations I read the other day in the UK IT organizations are already saying everything is moving so fast at the moment that if you're not including autonomy or automation in your in your IT environment then you're going to fall behind because as a human you just cannot keep up with it you know cyber attacks Whatever we're looking, however we're looking, to secure the user. You need, you need that autonomy on that side as well. So actually, that fast-moving nature, Jason, will benefit the people providing the service to the employees as well.
2: What's next, guys? Are there other surveys in the works? What do you think's next for Avanti?
1: I, I do well from an Avanti point of view. We are. We talk about manage, we talk about um, automate, and we talk about prioritise. Three areas that will help any fast moving organisation provide provide the, let's just say, the IT services to their employees, wherever that employee may be. That's that's what we as Avanti always want to stay one step ahead of. How, how can we ensure that organisations are able to provide that service? we talked visibility. We've talked... Um, management and we've talked security those three things together will move so fast that we've got to allow organisations to stay one step ahead and autonomy is a it, it is a fair place to you know to 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 back because we need to move quick
0: yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with with David. Look, um, uh, the the ball is constantly moving, right? And we're uh, doing everything we can to, you know, work with our our customers, and we have forty five thousand customers around the world to constantly evaluate this ever changing requirement within the IT organizations to enable the everywhere workplace, to enable uh, the secure uh, and protection against cyber terror and so on, and and the autonomy, right? And the, and enable. Tons and tons of flexibility for IT departments to get the best possible skills. Because look, you know, one of the last sustainable competitive advantage for any company in the world right now is your talent. It just is, right? Getting the right people in the seat at the right time, and even if you only have them for a year or two, you'll take it, right? Uh, and and providing, you know, a, again, the best possible digital experience, we we see as another compelling competitive advantage, and that maybe can increase your average tenure over time if people love the experience of. Working inside your organization from a digital perspective, so all those things, th- three things together, right? Uh, you know, we're we're very bullish about the future, and we're very excited to help enable this evolution and this revolution from the workforce. I think we're we consider ourselves at the forefront of the everywhere workplace.
2: I, I'd absolutely agree, and and if the report's any indication, and and for everyone, you can see scrolling across the bottom of the screen where you can download the report. For those who are just listening. You can be everywhere. Workplace report can be downloaded from Ivanti. That's I-V-A-N-T-I.com forward slash report. Just need a name and a, an email and you'll get the report. We'd love to ha- guys have you back. I mean, this is going to be, this is obviously, this is an ongoing conversation. If we're having this conversation, hopefully before then, but let's say it's 12 months from now, it's in, in the spring of 2022 or 2023, time flies. <laughs> what are we going to be talking about? Where do you, where do you think? this everywhere workplace is, what's it going to look like? You know, is it going to be a big improvement or going to go into your crystal ball here.
0: Yeah. I'll go first and then David certainly jump in. Look, one of the things we're most excited about, Ira, is the ability to put business intelligence and some artificial intelligence into the solutions. Imagine this, imagine you've onboarded with a company and you brought four devices with you. One's a a pad, mobile, laptop, maybe something else, maybe a watch, right? That you're you're going to have on the network and imagine that the experience is so seamless that you have all those devices onboarded within 20 minutes right and all credentialed and so on now imagine multiply that out by the number of employees around the world and imagine that an it department is able to on a on a every night basis use artificial intelligence to track the latest threats or security challenges and automatically without having you do anything to your vice automatically create the most secure security standards on the device, patch essentially the device, and manage against known security threats, looking for specific configuration holes in every device that the bad actors are taking advantage of, again, without having the user do anything, right? And then on, on a night-to-night basis, making sure that your entire network, your every device, whether we have over 40 million devices under management with our software and it's growing, I want to say exponentially, not quite, but it's growing quickly. And imagine if you could do that and get a report back on, you know, here's the latest potential threats we need to take advantage of on a nightly basis. That's something that would take weeks, if not months, conventionally we're working on a platform we call Avanti neurons to do exactly that. And we're at the forefront of of bringing in all that automation and and AI and bot technology so that our IDP IT departments around the world can manage in the, you know, and quite frankly, the most dangerous cyber terror cyber criminal environment we've ever been in that's that's the future
2: and, and I'll come to you, David, to get your comment on that. but um, immediately when you said that, Jeff, about the onboarding in twenty minutes or so, when my thought was prior to that forty seven million people quit their jobs in the last twelve months. Um, now, not all of those ended up with a new job, but that great resignation means that there's a constant turnstile going on so there's a there's a lot of of, of cutting access, getting them off your network, and also onboarding all the new ones. And HR and IT have been traditionally pretty slow at, at doing that. In fact, um, some people were hired, but they couldn't actually start their jobs because they didn't have all the criteria. All the protocols weren't met. They didn't have the assets. They didn't have, they, some, some don't even get their email address. In that short of time. So, to be able to speed that up is absolutely necessary. Yeah, you know, for sure. David.
1: Yeah, there's not a huge amount to add. To what Jeff said there, really comprehensive. To your point, yes, we're going to onboard employees before they, they know they've been employed, right? And that's part of the employee experience around devices. I, d- I think I'd like to say Ira will be back in 12 months' time. The platform's there. It's it's going to challenge your never normal. That's, that's I think, what I think at this point, that you're never normal. Should it ever be normal? Probably not. But we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna challenge that never normal and, and and make sure employees get the right level of experience. But again, it it professionals are gonna be able to have sleepful nights as the report generates, and, and 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 be on top of everything every day.
2: We're getting pretty close to the end here. I just want to put this up one more time for everyone, and then we'll get some final words. Here is what the, this is the cover of the report, the Everypla- Everywhere Workplace Report. You can get that at Ivanti, Ivanti.com forward slash report. Get your download there. Highly recommend it. And uh, it really is sort of, the, I won't say the Bible yet, but it's certainly a great resource. <laughs> a lot of insights there and, and certainly a lot of advice and, and warnings for companies that are this got to, This has to be part of that conversation. Should we bring, bring people back to work? What does it look like in recruitment? Where do we recruit? Great opportunity now. We recruit anywhere in the world. What's the consideration for security, for IT? And it's not just looking at your IT department and going, how quickly can we get this person on in Malaysia? A lot of other considerations.
0: Jeff, final words. Well, first of all, Ira, Jason, thanks for having David and I. We truly enjoyed it. And we do think that study is, uh, is important for, for every organization to absorb and to think and interpret for their environments and their workforces what they need to do. Look, it, you know, it's going to continue to change. It's going to continue to be as I said a moving target that we all have to keep up with and I think that the interesting evolution is not only in the in the workforce kind of starting to get the leverage to demand how they want to work and, and the experience they want to have but also that the whole technology aspect of of the world is now, you know, front and center for CEOs and if it wasn't before it certainly is now you're going to have to pay attention to what it is that draws the best talent keeps your your networks the most secure and creates the most productivity so it's an exciting time from where we sit we feel like Avanti's at the right place at the right time and uh, and we've got a ton of proof points on how to assist all of our customers out there around the world and and again you know the everywhere workplace is is the new reality i'll just leave it with that and and any and
2: any other assets or any other information that they want they can reach out to you, or they can go to Avanti, I V A N T I dot It's a robust, in, very interesting website. But you can also get the report down there. And uh, both of you guys are on LinkedIn, so yeah. if people want to connect or yeah. get some information that way, correct? Absolutely. I can't thank you enough. One is for having the opportunity to participate with this, to be part of the rollout, to be one is be exposed to it early, but be able to, to share the message because it. And I love the title "Everywhere Workplace." The, the other thing, and the, I forgot to mention this, the other, and I think this sums up what every place Work Everywhere Workplace is. It's a workplace without borders. I know that was part of the theme, and I, and again, I think that captures the essence of this. And it's going to affect recruitment, retention, diversity, inclusion, compensation. All those things need to be worked out. Uh, We got a lot of work ahead. Appreciate everything you guys are doing. Thank you for allowing me to be part of it. Thanks for taking time out and and being with us today.
0: It's been a pleasure, Ira, Jason. Thank you. Thanks, guys.
1: All right, take care.
0: You know, we say it every week. It goes
2: amazingly fast. What a rich, robust conversation. So many insights, even though I've been studying this, reading it, had the opportunity to work with David a week ago amazing so much new information even came out today there's new new insights so i hope all our listeners enjoyed it and hopefully we didn't disappoint in the fascinating terrifying <laughs> category i'm just going to show this one more time this is the report everywhere workplace report you can see scrolling across the bottom or if you're just listening Ivanti, ivanti.com forward slash report Jason, what was your biggest takeaway?
3: Just in general. So first to our to our listeners, absolutely go download this report. We promise you it's absolutely worth it. You heard from Jeff and David, the insights that they brought. Read the report yourself. It's about 20 some pages long, but you could get through it probably in about a 10 to 15 minute read. It's absolutely worth it. The insights in there. I think for me, even though I work in technology, one of the last things I've thought about In terms of this flexibility of people working from home is the increased dangers and threats and risks from using personal devices more for work or being more on personal networks and as as David put it he called them bad actors there are so many more bad actors out there that are getting so much better at the phishing schemes and the different entry points of being able to figure out how to get into your home network how to get onto your mobile phone that part of the employee experience is technology. And that is often a piece that we just think, Oh, I've got my phone. I can do stuff from work and you don't think anything of it, but there's so many risks and threats there that if you don't have someone on your side, like Avanti, that's helping keep you safe. All it takes is one bad actor to find that small crack in the foundation and then your whole organization can be compromised. That was what I really took away.
2: And even a toaster, even an IoT, a, a smart toaster, all these smart <laughs> yes. devices. People walking through the front door. We didn't even talk about. We're you know we're old school. We're talking about laptops and, and tablets. What about a watch? What about your Apple Watch? What about your Fitbit? All I, IoT devices that are logging onto the corporate network or expose risk you know potentially through that. So fascinating. We're, we just we barely scrape the surface as we usually do with these interviews, but uh, we really want to thank uh, David and Jeff for being part of this and uh, please uh hope hopefully you're going to join us again. We're live every Wednesday Geek Skeezers Googleization. We're on the podcasts are available on almost every podcast platform, Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, SoundCloud, you name it, we're there. And uh, this will be up there as well. So I really appreciate it. And hopefully that everyone will subscribe. Jason, we got to
3: sign off. That's right. Absolutely. I'm Jason Cochran, Googleization Nation. Thank you so much for being with us today and tuning in. If you haven't already subscribed on your favorite podcast platform, please do so. And we'd also love it if you drop us a
2: review. And I'm Ira Wolf. Thank you for being part of Googleization Nation. And until next time, don't let the shift hit your plans.